we want to welcome you to the B&B Show, where the philosopher and the theologian discuss the world. You're welcome. And hello, welcome to the B&B Show. This is our very first time to try this out. Uh, I'm Joshua Bell, and I want to introduce to you my co-host, Dr. Kevin Bond. Say hi, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. It's good to see you. <laughs> Uh, and I'm so glad that you all can see us through the radio. It's it's really good. We do have faces for radio, so that might save you a little bit. Um, I uh, want to give you a little bit of an opportunity to get to know Kevin. Uh, so, Kevin, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, so I'm Kevin. I grew up in Perry, and then I went to Chickasha to study math. Then I went to OSU to study philosophy, and then Knoxville for more philosophy. So basically, my background is a bunch of math and a bunch of philosophy. So what you're saying is, is that you like to think about math. I, I don't really like to think about math. I can do math. I like to think about a lot of other things. Uh, so uh, just out of curiosity, why, why are we doing this? I think we're just doing this to have some fun and to have good conversation. I, I think so, too. I um, For those of you that don't know, um, I'm Joshua Bell. Uh, I grew up in kind of all over the world. Um, McAllister became the place that I say that I graduated from high school from. But uh, ultimately, I ended up going to college all over the country, <laughs> uh, eventually ending up uh, at Phillips Theological Seminary, where I'm working on my doctorate of ministry. And so, for me, this show is kind of fun just because I come at it from a theological perspective, and you come at life in a philosophical perspective. Mm -hmm. So, for those people that are just listening, what's the difference, in your opinion, between philosophy and theology? Um, that's a good question. I think philosophy often starts with trying to figure out what kind of assumptions we have, trying to eliminate some assumptions, and then just see what we have left over, build up from first principles, and see what we have left. And see, I think with <clears throat> theology, we have to have philosophy at our core. Mm -hmm. Like, the great philosophers gave us the stepping stools for us to be able to have conversations about whatever deity is that mm -hmm. we claim. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think this is kind of a cool segue, but, you know, one of those shows that you and I talk about, we like watching TV. Mm -hmm. We specifically like watching sci-fi, uh, horror movies. You know, they, they actually have really good theological and philosophical debates right. about uh, culture and society. Mm -hmm. I think one of those shows that we tend to think about a lot lately because, well, the new season starts October 30th, mm -hmm. is The Mandalorian. Mandalorian! It's the greatest. Uh, so one of the things that you and I have been talking about is mm -hmm. this idea of the phrase the Mandalorians have. Mm -hmm. So before we get into that, I, I think we got to set the stage of the sociological construct of what the Mandalorians are. Mm -hmm. um, f for me, it, it looks like a tribe of samurais. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, 
and uh, I, I, thought, I found that really fascinating. Yeah. What, what about it do you think really makes it samurai? Well, we know they have some kind of a code they follow. And we know they cultivate a warrior ethos. So I think that kind of really ties in with the samurai. And there's this sense of duty and honor. Yes. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I like the idea of the, uh, the warrior... Um, what's the phrase I'm thinking of? The, the warrior traveler. Mm-hmm. You know, always... Uh, it's interesting because it's, it's almost like the character Mondo in the show is like mm-hmm. a ronin. Right. Like he's all by himself. Right. He has no tribe, mm-hmm. per se, because they're planet's basically been destroyed right so let's talk about this Mm -hmm. so there's this fascinating thing that happens in the mandalorian that uh for those of you that haven't watched it you have to watch season one in season one there's a phrase that mando the main character says to his other mandalorian patriots uh the phrase is this this is the way yeah um and he, and he kind of refers to it about all of his practices. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think this means to you? Um, well, first, again, doing the philosophy thing, just trying to step back. We don't really know what this is the way is. Like, we see certain examples of it. Uh, so offhand, I think one of the first examples we see has to do with the armor asking, has he ever taken his helmet off in front of people? Or has he ever let anyone take it off of him? And his response is no. And then either he or the other Mandalorians around him suddenly go, this is the way. Uh, So we often get this kind of thing going on where they're doing something And they say, this is the way. So that's where we start to get this idea that it is a culture. And the culture has certain expectations. And it's all summarized with, this is the way. But I'm not sure what other examples we have. Um, We've got the helmet issue. There's something to the effect of, if any one of them... Mandalorians get in trouble, any other Mandalorians in the area will help them. Even if they've got some kind of personal feud going on or don't like each other, they will band together. This is the way. Yeah, and it's and it's not even a, a hesitation. It's just, for me, the other thing that's fascinating is this, they keep bringing this up as if it's, uh, they call it a religion. Okay. In the show, mm-hmm. he, he says uh, he can't give you his weapon because it's against his religion. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, I, I just found that fascinating. All of a sudden, you have this, this is the way mm-hmm. that he lives his life, but it's also his way of belief. Mm-hmm. Um, in philosophy, correct me if I'm wrong, to have a centralized sense of belief is a little abnormal. Uh, Probably. I mean, we often talk about people have a philosophy of life, 
or the way they want to live, the way they see things, it's very rare that people actually have a consistent way that they follow things. So that the Mandalorians do seem to have this is kind of abnormal. Especially in the in the the world after the Death Star has been destroyed. Right. 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 Which is which is a whole nother sense of belief mm-hmm. and a whole different idea of philosophy. Right. Um, on a socio-political level. Mm-hmm. So I've I've really been fascinating with this because you and I were in a conversation about what's the difference between this is the way mm-hmm. and that right. is the way. Right. Uh, for religion, for theology, <laughs> every theologian says my way is the right way. Mm-hmm. And if you want to understand who we are, you got to go that way. Right. <laughs> so I think I think of people like John Calvin. Uh-huh. I think of uh, oh, he's just the first one that pops into my head. But Kierkegaard, mm-hmm. Mopan, all, all of these guys have these conversations, but. It's based off of this philosophical understanding of socio-political. Mm-hmm. So, what what does that mean to you? Well, to me, what struck me was, it seems like a lot of times teachers will say something like, "That is the way," and you're always pointing at something else. It's always outside of you. It's always, look at what is going on over there. That's the way we're supposed to do it. Um, whereas this is the way is much more personal, in the moment, self-action. So when you say this is the way, you're practicing what you're preaching. You're saying, I'm doing this. This is part of my culture. This is the way we're going to do it. And it eliminates this idea of being able to say, that's how you do it. But over here behind the scenes, I'm going to be doing something else. It's really just going to be a, this is the way is personal. And it's the expectation that we all have. So I'm trying to think of like a theologian or a philosopher that kind of ties in with this idea. Or is it generic enough to say that they all do it in some form or fashion? Uh, that I'm not sure of. It, to me, it has uh, almost a Buddhist sense of being present in the moment and acting a certain way. But I think that would apply to other religions, too, and other beliefs. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, the only thing that misses from Buddhism is, is that there's not a sense of, a, like, meditation. Right, right, right. So there's not a, a connection to the outside, mm-hmm. right? And I think that, that goes right back to that idea of samurai. Mm-hmm. Um, Shinto have this belief of um, individual network, but it's always mm-hmm. about of a community. Um, in, the, in the world of Christianity, I think that you could start to see some of this probably in the early part of the Christian movement. In the first and second century, you could see kind of a sense of you're either with us or you're against us mm-hmm. and if you're not with us we'll still be there for you mm-hmm. um, especially in the first century when you start to see some changes in the way that they mm-hmm. create institutions right um, 
So I think the Mandalorian really does speak to a socio-political level also. It, the, the show has this conversation that goes on uh, that he's a part of a guild mm-hmm. as well as being a part of a tribe. Right. And so when he says, this is the way to them, I, I watched it again today and I mm-hmm. noticed it that when he says it to them, there's a sense of respect this weird omnipresence in the midst of that mm-hmm. that everybody respects and moves on. Right. Um, I, I had this crazy concept. What would that look like today in the 21st century? Mm-hmm. I, think, I think we see it, but I think we're hearing more of that is the way. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be this type of politician right. you got to follow that way mm-hmm. um, and I don't I don't see people showing a sense of respect right when you and I would say right well this is the way that I yeah am. yeah um, I'm interested to see what they're gonna do with season two like, mm-hmm. I wonder if they're gonna expand upon that because then you've got the whole Jedi thing right which is a religion mm-hmm. um, and I'm, and I'm just curious if if uh, they're going to bring that idea of theological conversations into it, right? Uh, because in the Star Wars, whatever we want to call it, Chronicles, yeah, this idea of the Force is a theological construct. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody wants to say, but it's also a philosophical one, right? Uh, it's the yin and yang. Mm-hmm. It's also the good and evil. Mm-hmm. Um, so. The idea that this baby Yoda has now become his way, right, and has included him as a part of his tribe, mm-hmm. and now he has to take him to another tribe right. of a different theology. Mm-hmm. So, so another thing of this is the way uh, is that when a Mandalorian comes upon a homeless child or something do they have to adopt him yeah that was that was something kind of fascinating i when i when i went back and did the research Mm -hmm. there's a very historical tribal nature to that Mm -hmm. um i think i would rather use the native americans in this conversation like it, it was one thing for you to attack a village right but the children were adopted into the tribe. Okay. Right. In the Jewish culture, there was a sense of adoption that took place uh, with everybody that was around them mm-hmm. all the time. I get the idea that the Mandalorians are representing kind of a Torah-based idea mm-hmm. for them. The way is Torah, but there's a, a sense of this tribalism that we might relate more to the Native Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, from what I gathered is adoption is a total thing for them, and there's very few actual naturally born Mandalorians right. in the in the series. Mm-hmm. It's like the tribe of misfit toys. Right, <laughs> right. But they've been brought up with this philosophy, theology, mm-hmm. Uh, from from whenever they were adopted, right? Which again mm-hmm. goes back to the samurai, right? Idea. Mm-hmm. Now, now you you know more about samurais than I do. In the samurai 
world, you were raised that way. It was a nobility thing. Yeah, it was very much a caste system. Uh, so I think predominantly you would be born into it. But it seems like there would also be provisions to be invited in. I'm not sure of that, though. Um, but it does seem like... Well, if you if you exhibited honorable, noble characteristics, it certainly seems plausible that a family would adopt you and, and bring you into their tribe, I guess. Which, at, in The Mandalorian, mm -hmm. they kind of do that. Right. With the, the baby Yoda. Right. Huh, I hadn't thought about that. So there's... There's a lot. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, that this whole idea of you've got this baby, you're in charge of it, but the automatic assumption isn't that you're going to keep it and raise it in your own culture. The assumption is you're going to try to find its own people. Right. And you're going to have to risk your own life and livelihood to get that kid where it belongs, even if it belongs to your enemy. And I think that's almost a radical idea, right? Because we are saying give honor to the people that you've been fighting for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they even call them, what, enemy sorcerers? Or something like that. Yeah. yeah, enemy sorcerers. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's something that we don't ever see sociologically in the United mm -hmm. States. Like, that just never happened. Right. And actually, for me... <clears throat> Anthropologically, it's it's fascinating how they they do this. So there's this tribe, for lack of a better phrase, of samurais that adopt this child just long enough to be the surrogate mm -hmm. people so that they could find their own tribe. Right. Sociologically, I, I don't know if there's any other culture that does that. Right. Which might be why it's so fascinating to us. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, because, I mean, we have a long history of doing the exact opposite, yeah. of taking people away from their culture and saying, you're not going to learn any of that. You're just going to learn what we believe in. Uh, so this is really a different twist. Well, and I've always thought Star Wars really did reflect some of the the socio-political things of our time and mm -hmm. place, but I really feel like the Mandalorian is doing a really good job. Um, for I keep saying for lack of a better phrase, <laughs> but but it really is. I mean, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know another phrase to say that it's closer to what we're dealing with when we think of the philosophy of this is the right. way. Um, but it takes a totally different spin mm -hmm. on our socio-political climate yeah. at the moment. Which is what classic science fiction always right. does when it's good, right? Right, it, right. It presents this kind of alternate reality that is a reflection of what's going on in our life. At least that's what gets a lot of us into it, I think. Yeah, like you think Planet of the Apes. Right. Same, same mm -hmm. idea. Mm -hmm. But it keeps us drawn in. Right. Well... I think this is a good place for us to kind of think about before we go to our next episode. And uh, I want to encourage any of you that are listening to uh, send us an email. Tell us a little bit about what you think this is the way memes to you. 
Well, until next time, uh, we'll talk to you later. This is the B&B Show. Woohoo!